Welcome to the Sensitive Kitchen, where home cooks are inspired to cook to enable those you love to flourish. I'm Cindy Sullivan, registered dietitian, passionate nutrition educator, and accomplished home cook. Whether you're changing how you cook for food sensitivities, allergies, intolerances, or just trying to eat healthier on a budget, you're in the right place. Most episodes, I will share favorite recipes, as well as modification tips and nutrition benefits. Occasionally, I'll have a guest or special episode like modifying holiday favorites. My favorite foods? They're raspberries and homemade chocolate chip cookies. My latest cooking project was long-fermented sourdough bread. Today, I'm talking to you about jazzing up the flavor of your food with spices, herbs, And where do you buy your spices and herbs? I'll also discuss some of the exciting health benefits of cinnamon. But before I do that, I have to tell you about two workshops I am so excited about that are coming up in just a few short weeks. The first one helps you answer the question, what is going to be on your holiday table this year? Whether you've changed the way you eat or some of your guests have changed the way they've eaten, it can be a struggle to prepare holiday meals, especially for a group. Or maybe you have people coming to your holiday dinner that are, for example, gluten-free, or dairy-free, or soy-free. What about the people who avoid corn? To help you find recipes that work for you food-sensitive family and friends, I'm hosting a live, two-part workshop that involves some teaching, a large amount of sharing, and even more cooking, but you're going to be cooking in your own kitchen. We'll come together for the first class to talk about recipe modification, share recipes and ideas and products. We'll also talk a little bit about communication and expectations around holiday meals. Then we'll all go into our own kitchens during the next week and try the new recipes. We'll get back together at the end of the week to share how it went, where do we still need some help, and to celebrate our successes in finding new recipes that meet those food restrictions that you know taste good. The problem with a lot of recipes is you can Google the recipe, but how does it really taste? This workshop will be in early November so that you can have everything ready for Thanksgiving, whether you're hosting or bringing food for everyone or just bringing food for the person with a changed diet. The second workshop I'm doing is gluten-free cookie making. You do not want to miss this one. We will be talking about gluten-free cookies, but perhaps there'll be a couple of them that have egg-free cookies in them as well, and dairy-free modifications if you can't use butter. So whoever you share your holiday cookies with, they will be able to eat homemade treats. My favorite thing to bake is cookies, and I cannot wait to share some of my favorite recipes with you. If these sound intriguing to learn more, go to foodsensitivitykitchen.com slash holiday cooking. And that's for the first class, and there'll be a link there also to take you to the gluten-free cooking making. Or you can just go to foodsensitivitykitchen.com, and right there on the front page will be links to both of these great workshops. I hope to see you there. If you've got any questions, email me at cindy at foodsensitivitykitchen.com. Now, today we are going to be talking about taste. 
You know, it's the number one reason people eat what they eat. Oh, there are other reasons, of course, health and restricted diets and other things. But what brings people back to eat something over and over again? It tastes good. For most of you listening, you've changed the foods you eat, often due to a food allergy or sensitivity. When we do this, we've also changed the flavor profile of those foods. New products we use to eliminate dairy or salt or glutamates or gluten taste different. Perhaps you're making the switch from eating lots of processed foods. You're probably missing out on some of the flavor enhancers in processed foods. Or maybe you're cutting down on your salt and your food just tastes bland. Or you're missing foods that you used to eat. Or the flavor of those foods. For us, for me, it was soy sauce. Using alternative products can change the way your recipes taste. Sometimes this is a good thing. Often it's a disappointment. So how do you make your food taste good? I have a variety of methods in my toolbox, but today I want to focus on just one, herbs and spices. Herbs and spices can boost or even change the flavor of an entire dish. But first, let me encourage you to give your taste buds some time to adjust. Your taste buds will adjust, for example, to a lower sodium diet, but it will take a while. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to change your spice game. Let me start with a story of mine, and this is just a food preference. It's not even something I have to avoid. But growing up, I hated winter squash. It made me gag. Frankly, I was not a huge fan of cooked vegetables in general. My only real favorite was lima beans smothered with ketchup. I know, I know, but I was a kid. My mom persevered, however, and today I like most vegetables as long as they're not canned. But guess what? I'm still not a huge winter squash fan. When my daughter said to me, you really want to buy that half bushel of winter squash at a farm market in Petoskey this fall? I said, yeah, I do. I love my butternut squash soup recipe. It contains thyme and sage, as well as apple cider. And I like my butternut squash gratin that uses rosemary and garlic and Parmesan cheese. In other words, I've found ways to dress up winter squash that I actually enjoy and want to eat. By the way, the gratin recipe is going to be featured in the Healthy healthy Cooking, Healthy Holiday Meals workshop. So, to dress up foods, sometimes it's trying a new herb. My mom never used majorum growing up, but I find that it rounds out the flavor of an Italian blend or Italian spices. I often prefer it to basil when I cook. It is one of my go-to herbs along with thyme and oregano and majorum. You will have other spices that you grew up with and like. Maybe for you, it's cardamom and cumin and sumac. 
The exciting thing about spices is there are so many herbs and spices that you can try some new ones to add some interest and flavor. And if you don't happen to like one, it's okay. Try another one. About 20 years ago, I ate cardamom bread for the first time at a Swedish St. Lucia festival. I fell in love. I have made my cardamom bread at Christmas time ever since. And I add cardamom pods to my homemade decaf chai and my apple peel tea. Yum. But over the last couple years, I rediscovered something important about herbs and spices. Where you purchase your spices matters. So let me ask you a question. Where do you purchase your spices? Are you a grocery store diehard fan? Do you buy them at the dollar store? A specialty spice store? I've purchased mine online from a specialty store for more than 25 years. And it doesn't cost me any more usually than it would have to purchase them at the grocery store. But recently I was reminded that there was actually a really good reason why I purchased my spices online. They are so much better and taste so much better and my food tastes so much better than when I purchased them other places. How do I know? Well, in the past year or so, my spice drawer has expanded. Some of my daughter's leftover spices from college find their way in there. I mean, why throw them away, right? Spices are expensive and they have a fairly long shelf life. Then an upscale grocery store by my house had all of their organic store brand products 50% off. It was too good a deal to pass up. Oregano went into my cart. But guess what? One of my favorite spices, thyme, that came from my daughter's stash isn't the same. It has any hardly any flavor or fragrance. And that organic oregano that came from that fancy grocery store, it has a bitter taste to it. It took me a while to notice this. First, I noticed my spaghetti sauce tasted different, and I was kind of puzzled. Then I had to add more spice when I made pizza sauce, and that tasted off. It turns out that the spices I was using make a difference. Now, I must admit that I do not change out all my spices as often as many experts claim you should. Well, I realize that is probably because I start with good spices and they last me a really long time. Honestly, several years. Even though you're supposed to change them out, I don't know, every six months or something, I don't do that. And they are wonderful. If you do not have an online spice store that you adore, let me recommend my favorite. It's called the Spice House. The, it is the family that owned it for more than 60 years, sold it in the past five years or so to two entrepreneurs, so it's still a small business. Read the Spice House story on their website. I think you will be impressed. And besides their plain spices, which are excellent, my son and I adore their gateway to the north. It's a maple garlic seasoning. Yum. I use it on salmon, popcorn, chicken, and my favorite is to sprinkle it on grilled steak. My daughter likes their spice sugar on her sweet potatoes and her oatmeal. I make my own chai tea because I only drink decaf and it's 
hard to find decaf chai tea, at least some that I like. So my local stores, when I went to buy cardamom pods, they didn't even sell them. But the Spice House did. I will tell you it was expensive. However, I realized that for the price of two or even three drinks at a coffee shop, I could make them at home for a couple of years. Plus, the Spice House flat packs, those are the ones that are not in a jar, but they're in a flat pack, are perfect for refilling a glass bottle jar, or if you don't want bottles, those always ship for free. If you would like to check them out, I have a link at my website and on this podcast, so it's Food Sensitivity Kitchen slash episode 063. And if you check them out with that link, I will earn a very small commission at no extra charge to you. You can just check them out on your own if you prefer. So tell me, what are your favorite spices? Where do you purchase them? Before we go today, I want to talk in the second half of the podcast about some nutrition tidbits on one of fall's favorite baking spices, cinnamon. Let's talk a little bit about cinnamon because it has some potent health benefits. First of all, cinnamon is the inner bark of the cinnamon trees. There are two main types of cinnamon, cassia and ceylon. Cinnamon contains a substantial number of antioxidants, which is great. Let me tell you about a little bit of the research. A meta-study, and meta-studies combine the findings from different studies. This one combined the finding of 12 different studies using cinnamon supplementation. So they weren't using it just as an herb. They were actually taking pills of cinnamon. But that meta-study showed that over all these studies, When you had cinnamon supplementation, you had reduced markers of inflammation in your body, like C-reactive protein that some of you may have heard of, and an increase in the total antioxidant capacity of your blood. That's amazing news. It may help reduce inflammation in your body just from cinnamon. A clinical trial in 2010 showed a reduced hemoglobin A1c levels those show your blood sugar levels over time, and reduce blood pressure from cinnamon supplementation. This particular study did not show any effect on blood lipids in diabetics. A few years later, in 2018, there was a review of the literature published in the Clinical Nutrition, and the authors found that cinnamon supplementation did slightly reduce blood glucose and hemoglobin A1c levels in diabetics. However, this particular review said that studies claiming reduced fat mass and raising serum antioxidants may have used inaccurate methods. Remember, science is often messy. Now, how does cinnamon do this? It's interesting because we think that cinnamon acts by inhibiting several digestive enzymes that digest carbohydrates, including sucrase. Sucrase digests sucrose, which is table sugar. This action may help inhibit insulin spikes that tend to plague diabetics and some of the rest of us as well. In addition, cinnamon serves to enhance insulin's effects on fat cells. 
drawing more glucose into the cells and out of the bloodstream. But this particular effect of cinnamon does seem to have some time delay with it. Insulin acts in about 10 minutes, while cinnamon appears to take about 30 to 60 minutes to act. Like insulin, cinnamon is also dose-dependent, meaning the larger the dose, the larger the effect on blood glucose levels. We do continue to need more research on cinnamon. What we can say is that it's good for you, especially for your blood sugar and reducing inflammation, and perhaps it may even have some other beneficial heart effects like lowering blood pressure. Now, I've told you all the good news. Now, let me tell you that you do need to be careful with supplements, as too much cinnamon can have some serious side effects. Cassia cinnamon contains coumarin. Coumarin is a compound that may cause liver damage and it increases the rates of some kinds of cancer in animals. It also may interfere with some medications, especially those for your liver, high blood glucose, and heart disease. Uh Uh-oh. So how much is too much? Let me flip that around and ask, say what's safe. On a daily basis, a quarter teaspoon of cinnamon is safe for adults weighing about 110 pounds, whereas half a teaspoon is safe if you weigh 200 pounds. And these are very conservative limits. More might be safe. But it's good to keep in mind that you want about a quarter teaspoon if you only weigh 100 pounds and a half a teaspoon if you weigh about 200 pounds as a daily limit. Cassia cinnamon is great for sprinkling on your oatmeal or baking, but where you need to be really careful is in taking cinnamon supplements. However, there's a really easy fix to this if you want to have a lot of cinnamon or take cinnamon supplements, and that is to use Ceylon cinnamon. I told you up front there were two kinds of cinnamon. Ceylon cinnamon has a milder taste, and frankly, I don't like it as well in my baking, but it only contains a quarter to a hundredth amount of the coumarin in the cassia cinnamon. The coumarin is the part that could be a problem. So it's safe to use much larger amounts of Ceylon cinnamon daily. One study estimated over 45 grams of Ceylon cinnamon for a 200-pound person. That's a lot of cinnamon. One other fact to note, and that is that cinnamon absorption does not seem to be dependent on what form you eat it in. Whether it's a supplement or a tea or a rice pudding, all of them seem to be fairly well absorbed. However, I will say that in favor of tea, if you boil the cinnamon for about 30 minutes, it reduced the coumarin, the part that you don't want, in the tea by about 40%. So something to keep in mind. Okay, so how do you tell if your cinnamon is Ceylon cinnamon or cassia cinnamon? If it does not say Ceylon, it's cassia. Ceylon is more expensive, so it will be advertised as Ceylon cinnamon if that's what it is. I have to tell you, though, that for my baking, my favorite cinnamon from the Spice House is their Corrigenti Cassia Cinnamon. I really like the Cassia better for baking because it has a more robust flavor. I have to tell you one more warning about cinnamon, and that is try not to consume cinnamon dry. There's some internet, social media thing going around People are dared to consume a tablespoon of dry cinnamon in a short amount of time. 
do not do this. According to Healthline, let me give you their quote. While eating large amounts of dry cinnamon may seem harmless, it can be very dangerous. If the cinnamon reaches your lungs, it can't be broken down and may cause aspiration pneumonia and permanent lung damage, end of quote. So keep your cinnamon, sprinkle it on your oatmeal, put it in your cakes, drink cinnamon tea, and perhaps talk to your physician about cinnamon supplementation. Don't forget to go to foodsensitivitykitchen.com on the homepage to learn more about the holiday meals and the gluten-free holiday cooking workshops. I hope to see you there. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining me. Spice it up for better flavor and keep cooking to enable those you love to flourish. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.